welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. Well, today on Ordinary Old Catholic Me, I have a great guest. I think you're going to love it and love her. Her name is Julianne Bartlett, and she has a website and a project, we'll call it, a charism, if you will, called Passion of Hope. And so I want to welcome you. Oh, Lovely. Thank you. Looking forward to hearing all about the struggle of us singles, because uh, you have a story to tell, and it's, it's a beautiful story, and it creates, indeed, a great deal of hope. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and where you were born and how you came to be doing what you're doing now, which is kind of a charism to single folks. Well, thank you, Jenna. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here on your podcast. And so, as you said, my name's Julianne Bartlett, and I have a website called passionofhope.com, which I started a little over a year ago. I, well, I, I was single for the first 42 years of my life, and I married my husband, Seth, at the age of 42, actually just about three weeks before my 43rd birthday. So, we're, and we're actually going to be celebrating our 10 year wedding anniversary. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. That's <laughs> wonderful. And, and so I always tell people that getting married for me was a battle of epic proportions and that I, I personally felt that there was nobody more hopeless about the prospect of getting married than I was. I don't know if that was true, but that's how it felt to me. I was, I was born in New Jersey. I, I spent most of my life in New Jersey. I, we now live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, but I, I really always struggled with relationships with men. I, it was always a mystery to me how, how people, you know, got married, <laughs> like actually got engaged and got married. <laughs> so you know what? That is a lovely that uh, it's not lovely, but it's a it's a, it's a thought that resonates deeply with me because I am at and I we said this off off camera that I'm sixty something. I have never married, and we'll get into a little bit about us older folk and how this project of yours is is not restricted to young folks. It is also something that can go beyond any age, basically. But anyway, the point is, yes. I, I resonate with what you're saying in terms of it, it, it was a mystery to me that that which everybody was doing around me for history, somehow wasn't working for me. Yes, no. And I think that like, when you're growing up, like, at least for me, that there were just certain things that you think are naturally going to happen, like you, you know, you go to school, um, you graduate, whether, you know, you graduate high school or like in my instance, you went on to college and, you know, went to law school and, you know, you think you're just going to graduate and get a job. And then you think you're going to meet somebody and get married. You just see other people doing that. You think life's going to work out that way. Like, you know, getting engaged, getting married, saving money, buying a house. And like, you're, that's not happening for you. You start to think like, what's wrong with me? Um, why can't I have a relationship that's sustainable or why is nothing working out for me? And, and I think as you get older, it, it gets worse. Like the, the, um, the loneliness gets worse. And so as I started to get older, like I'm talking like, you know, late twenties, early thirties, the despair started to set in. And when I would talk to people, I also should probably say too, at that point I had, you know, I was raised Catholic. I had left the Catholic church and I was in various evangelical non-denominational churches. 
I would talk to people about it. And the message that was consistently replied back to me was that, you know, you, you need to accept that God might not have anybody for you called to be single. What was in your head? What could you sort out as to what it was that was getting in your way? If anything was getting in your way toward getting married, because I used to wonder the same thing for me. Like I, I've always struggled with my weight. So I, I personally thought that was the reason for that was really the only thing I could see at that time in my life, my late twenties, early thirties. And, and then I was like listening to like what these people were telling me, um, that like, oh my gosh, like what if God did single me out to be single? (laughs) I was (laughs) like, oh, like, why would he do that to me? You know, like, I, I really want to be married. I really want to have a family. Like, like God just, you know, I pictured God up in heaven, like, you know, pointing at people like you're going to be married, you're going to be single. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge copious researcher, learner. When something doesn't make sense to me, I really delve into it and try to figure it out. I couldn't accept that that was the case about marriage. I, I started as I got started to move into my mid 30s. So I was probably around like 35. And I thought there has to be an answer to this. Like, were you working? Were you working during all this? Um, yes, I had um, practiced law for a few years. I then worked for a major insurance company, um, doing like insurance litigation. And then I also um, then went to work for the federal government government for a little over seventeen years before I recently just left working. Wow. Were you writing? Were you were you dating during any of this? Yeah, I did. I dated off and on and and none of the relationships ever panned out which just like fueled that sense of hopelessness know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) i really do i I should tell you that one of the things i did in my 30s and 40s is i probably joined every dating organization you know it's just lunch great expectations uh catholic match catholic singles you name it i joined it and after a while, I just felt, I don't know, this is just, this is futile. And, and I think it does do that. It, 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 um, it makes it, it continued to make me feel very hopeless. Like, like, why won't anything work out for me? And, and I think it was like in my mid thirties, I had had a relationship that I really thought was going to go to marriage and it made me feel very hopeful when it fell apart. I was like, why did God let this happen? I kind of think of it as a severe mercy in that it, (laughs) <laughs> I, lo- I love the phrases you use prolonged singleness i yes. just love the phrases <laughs> severe mercy okay tell me about the severe mercy <laughs> it was it was a severe mercy because i so so much good had come out of that relationship in the sense that i had like a renewed energy i i wasn't like lonely anymore i i felt i was really hopeful all these positives that come into my life during that relationship and when it ended, I couldn't understand why God had let it, let it end. And so I thought, I really have to research this issue because I realized like God has opinions on like, like almost every major subject about our lives, you know, <laughs> like if you look in the Bible, he's, he's very specific, like, like don't kill, don't steal, go to church, rest on Sundays, <laughs> honor your mother and father, like does he have an opinion on like singleness, like and marriage, like, and, and what I came to find out is that he, you know, through a whole bunch of research that I, 
I did is that he does, but because we have, you know, we live in the time era that we do is that we've lost that, that message because our society doesn't value marriage anymore. Like all the things that marriage is meant to encompass have been thrown to the wayside. Like it's, there's no longer a stigma around having sex outside of marriage. Like you don't need marriage anymore to have sex. Like in God's eyes, you do, but in the, in the world's eyes, really as a church. So when I say church, I mean, church with a little C, not the big C because you know, our magisterium obviously, obviously still says the correct teachings, the truth, but we don't stigmatize anybody who's not doing the right thing or falling into sin. Like we don't really go to people and say, Hey, you should, shouldn't be doing that. We, we don't, I don't think really overall as a, the body of Christ, we hold people accountable. I'm not saying it might not happen between friends or in families or, but we've lost that sense of the urgency of morality and And then even like with men and women, I think I was sharing this with you as well. Men and women aren't as dependent on each other as they, you know, used to be. So marriage had a a sense of um, necessity to it, to survival. You know, as I shared, I went to law school. So I was, you know, I was always able to earn a good living. I always tease my husband, like if something happens to him, I, you know, God forbid. And I I obviously do not want anything to happen to him. but I wouldn't end up in the street. I could go back to work, earn a decent living where I think it makes marriage more disposable because of that. Yes. Yes. And, and so there's, there's positive and negatives to it. And so I think when people, I, I, as I was saying, I wanted to, you know, I have, you know, merit, I really want to be married. People would be like, well, you don't need marriage. You have a really good career. And I'm like, they're completely two separate issues. God in the um, garden, God gave Adam, he put Adam in the garden to work it and to keep it. And and he gave Adam the animals to name. And that was his, his need for work. And then he said there was no suitable partner for Adam to be found. And that was his need for marriage. And so in our society, we've mixed them up. And so when a woman you know, has a job, it's almost looked upon like she doesn't need a, a man. But God created us with both needs. It really showed me that God was like affirming in me that it's okay, you need both, Julie. And I think he wanted me to see that and to cry out to him to help for him to help me to get it. And how did you how did you cry out to him? What was your what was sort of the mechanism by which you said, okay, Lord, I really need this. How did you, how did that process occur? I think it like for me, I had to, once I actually saw in the scriptures, like that, that I felt like it was really like God's will for people to marry. Like I wasn't designated like to this pile of like, you're going to be single. (laughs) Like, it almost feels like detritus, you know, Yes. although they pretend they pretend that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. In fact, and in, and in truth, you feel like a bit of, of detritus, you know, trash. Yes, you know? yes, yes. <laughs> I have a friend who I have a friend who um, said, like, like you're in the poo poo pile. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, 
I feel felt freedom to be able to pray for it. So I, I was like, I felt like I could approach God. Like the scriptures say that we know we have, we can go to him. You know, there's a throne of grace that we can approach in our time of need. I, you know, in my prayer time, I said to God, I will do anything to get to marriage. Like I will change. I will, because I also think too, there's, so there's this component. It's kind of like a two pronged approach that I think people have to believe that God wants them married. Like you kind of have to take this uh, incorrect belief that you're called to be single. Now I do believe some people are called to be single, but it's a religious vocation, like forsaking marriage for the kingdom of heaven, but that wasn't me. And so you have to believe you're called to be, you know, married. And then, um, and then you have to look at, cause some people get married very easily. They have no issue. <laughs> I know some of those people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> and I was very jealous. <laughs> How does that happen? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah. Did you come back to your faith during all of this, the the original faith, your Catholic faith? I did. I did. Actually, God used the marriage issue to help me return to the Catholic faith. It it was um, as I was doing research, you know, trying to figure out the truth about God with marriage. Someone had um, suggested that I start looking at the Catholic Church because they had very pro-marriage writings. And so I, um, it's really funny when I look back at that time in my life, cause I was like, I had left the Catholic church, obviously. So I, I got in a, I picked up a cap copy of the Catholic catechism just to read it. I, and I was that desperate to find the truth about God, you know, about marriage. And so, um, I was reading the sections of the Catholic catechism about marriage and, and through that journey, I ended up reading other stuff about the Catholic church. And it was through that particular research that I ended up coming back, returning to my faith in the Catholic church, because then I realized, I thought, I realized that the Catholic church was correct about marriage. And then I realized it was correct about everything else. So God was uh, really, he was probably winking at you. He said, yeah, I'm going to let you get married, maybe, but you have to come back to the, to the source, to my source, the Catholic church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I realized the fullness of, of truth. Like I, I realized how he had protected the doctrine and I started researching the um, early church fathers yes. and it was, it was like this whole amazing like journey. Mm-hmm. What's, you know, mm-hmm. I think he lured me in with the marriage mm-hmm. issue. What is that phrase in the Bible? And I forget which, is it a Psalm or you dupe me, oh Lord. And I let you dupe me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I think he, <laughs> he, he tricks us. He tricks he, us. He does. He tricks us. Yeah. If he tries to talk to us straight, we're going to say, no, 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 I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I really, oh, this was what was very exciting that I found out too. Like, I think everybody gets a gift, you know, that things come easy to us and then everybody gets like a problem. You know, my problem was relationships with men. Gee, if, if you read Jesus, what Jesus has to say, Jesus actually talks about singleness in Matthew 19 verses 10 through 12. He says, there's only three reasons that people don't get married. And when I found that, that was very amazing to me. 
he says there's only three reasons. And one is people are born that way. Like he says, they're not capable of marriage due to being born that way. They're not capable of marriage because they're made that way by other people. And they either, then they are not capable of marriage because they forsake the great good of marriage for the kingdom of heaven. And so what I, I realized is that I had been, I had become incapable of marriage because I was made that way by other people. And I think there's a host of reasons you can become incapable of marriage by other people. Like it can be society. Mm-hmm. It, it can become like things that ha- like your pat your childhood wounds, past relationship wounds. But the, the hopeful news of like understanding that is that God can heal you so that you can then become capable of marriage. And so I had told God, I will do anything. I will change. I will work on my own healing. I will learn how to relate better with the opposite sex. I will do anything to get married. Just show me what I need to do to change and I'll, I'll do it. And I think that's what people who are stuck in what that term I had used called prolonged singleness, because I, <laughs> God didn't, God create, created us in a primordial state of marriage. He created us to be married. I, I think when we're not beyond our younger years, it's our singleness is prolonged. And, um, and that's why it's so painful. And so he wants to help us. Like we don't have any like mechanisms in our society like they did years ago to help us get to marriage. Right. Like matchmakers, real matchmakers. The not the not the online stuff, but the ones who said, Oh, I know exactly the kind of person he or she needs. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. for us women, it's it's really difficult because we're on our own. And so, so much of our behaviors and our interactions, you know, with the opposite sex, like it can, you know, we have to kind of figure out the journey on our own. And like, and then you have society telling women like, well, you can ask men out on a date, you can do this, you can do that. And it really works to our detriment. And you also have a society that's contradictory. So back when I was a kid uh, in the sixties, a teenager going into adulthood, the, the talk was, you know, women can just do exactly what men do. They can have sex. They don't have to get married. We were told that we could do exactly what men do, how they feel. And of course, men and women do not see things the same way, but we're not allowed anymore to really recognize that. And so then we get to a today's society where after all this so-called freedom, women are now saying, wait a minute, how come men are treating me like a sex object? Well, they're treating you like a sex object because you said you could be a sex object, that you were as free as they were to be treated as a sex object. And so there's a contradiction there. It's almost as if they discovered, I'm going to take one of your words, the primordial reality, but they don't want to acknowledge it still. Exactly. Exactly. There's a certain way that, that men are going to respond to how you put yourself out there whether it's like what you just said, like the, the sex issue, or if Mm -hmm. just even how you talk. And so it's, it's kind of learning how to re-relate. Some of those issues can be very painful having to go through relearning how to relate with men. Absolutely. And I want to, I want to get to two things specifically in this program, really two things. One, how did it finally happen that you were able to meet and marry this amazing person. I'm sure he's amazing because he saw who you were. 
named Seth, right? That was his yes. name. Yes. And then two, how did you then move into this process of creating this program, if you will, this website and this 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 teaching, if you will, uh, to women who are still in a case of prolonged singleness? I had a lot of broken relationships and well, broken hopes, I should say, along the way. And that that was hard because I had to learn to put myself out there despite my fear of rejection. And I think as I got healthier, you that's the thing too. you as you work on your own issues, you attract different types of people. I had met somebody through work who said I I know someone that I want to introduce you to. So it was actually a blind date that I met my husband on. It was really it was very funny because my husband was married when he was younger. I had made up my mind that I was never going to date somebody who had been um, previously married because I didn't want to go through the annulment process. Right. But I was very fearful of the annulment process. I just agreed to go on the date thinking it was never going to go anywhere because of my preconceived, you know, ideas. So I, um, I went on the blind date. And so he immediately followed through with me on our um, third date. He had said to me that he liked me and he saw a future with me. So I, I really just kind of wanted to scare him away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's always a problem with us prolonged single people is that we tend to scare people away for a variety of reasons. (laughs) I I like did not want to deal with the annulment process at all because it, it, like I said, it frightened me. I did what no woman should really ever do. If you really do like a man, don't ever bring up the marriage word whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) But I did because I thought I'm going to scare him away. (laughs) Um, I just said, well, you know, I'm very Catholic because my um, my husband at the time was actually um, he was a non-denominational Christian. He I said, I'm very Catholic. And so if you ever think, you know, if you're considering marriage, I said, you're going to have to get that first marriage annulled. And I thought, <laughs> that was bold, it. my dear. That was bold. <laughs> yeah, it really, I just thought I'll never hear from him again. It won't be an issue. <laughs> so my husband um, actually went and visited the Catholic church in his hometown to talk to the priest about what an annulment was. <laughs> oh my gosh. Talk about providence. I know, I know. And, you know, in a very long story short, we met, we dated, we got an annulment and we were married within 11 months of um, meeting. You know, all of that to say, I like to, you know, cite from what the angel Gabriel had said to Mary in Luke 1, that with God, all things are possible. And, And I think God did that with because I was not open to that whatsoever. It was the it was the least likely person. So like not even open to it. Um, And, and then my husband actually came into the Catholic Church the year after we were married. Wow, talk about a chain of events. and, And how looking backwards, they make enormous sense. But going forward, you couldn't possibly see it. No, no. And I had actually after my husband had done that, I even met with my local my priest at my church and said, Hey, this, you know, man who I met, you know, is dating me, you know, he, you know, I'm interested in him actually, you know, he, he has a previous marriage. If you tell me to cut it off, I'll, I'll cut it off. And, and the priest had said, you know, don't, don't do that yet. Let's see what God might be Mm -hmm. doing in your life. 
That's wonderful. And you've been married 11 years, is it? It, It'll be 10 years this March. 10 years. Oh, goodness. A big anniversary, a decade. Oh, that is so wonderful. But now this brought you into another sort of chain of events, which is you're helping others now. Yes. yes. I, I always, because I had struggled so much with trying to get married, number one, and And number two, there were like almost no resources, like all the books that are really out there are all about how to be content in your singleness. I've been saying that is like, be content is not the answer. (laughs) 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 And I feel like people are like, well, that goes against what Paul says. But like, if, like I always say, if you were, if you were unemployed, we would never tell people to accept being unemployed. Mm. We would, we would tell you that you still need to keep looking for a job. That's because our society values work and, um, we, we know you're supposed to work. Yes. We be content. I think the way that that paragraph of scriptures is that the content is like that you should have peace and trust God. When we say be content in all circumstances, be content in that have peace that God's going to help you. So with the singleness issue, it's like, don't be content to remain single when you know that you're called to marriage. Be content that God will act providentially in your circumstances while you are doing everything you can you know, like with prayer and putting yourself out there and, and, you know, maybe, maybe for a time you're not on dating sites, but you're like saying to your, your friends, like, if you know, somebody set me out, set me up or, and, and I must've been on like five blind dates and they're painful. They are, (laughs) they are very painful, but that's ultimately how I met my husband or actively having a, you know, prayer strategy. And, you know, friends who I, I always tell people this too, like have a, a few close friends, like maybe two or three who absolutely believe in your married future. So they can encourage you when you feel like, you know, really down. That is amazing. So I want to, one thing I want to make sure we get to talking about, uh, the Passion of Hope, your website, and all the things that you're doing on the website. And also, I understood from our discussion earlier that you're doing some speaking engagements, uh, other than this wonderful one right here. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which is a very new uh, podcast. So, you know, I don't have a huge number of listeners, but I've noticed people are popping on more than they were. So it's, it's good news. It's good news. So tell me a little bit about Passion of Hope. I named, I named it Passion of Hope because passion comes from the word like pati in Latin, which means to suffer. And I think the journey when you're when you're stuck in prolonged singleness, and you really want marriage, I think this it's the suffering of your hope, that is the biggest struggle. At least for me, it was keeping my hope alive was the hardest struggle to get to marriage, and believing that God would help me. And and so I felt like that that was where the name came from. And so I'm still in my kind of I'm calling it my grassroots stage. I'm still growing it and developing it. And, you know, I'm in the process of writing a book with all of the um, theology behind for singles to, to give them. I'll buy it. Oh, when it's thank, ready. You. I'll buy it. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You got your first customer. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and, and, you know, the same, like we were talking, the same principles would apply to somebody who's like, 28 to like 78, you know, because I think marriage, 
marriage is in need. It, you know, when, you know, God said it's, it's not good for man to be alone and he created a wife and that was before the fall, you know, that, that need was there prior to sin entering in the world. Um, I, I want to, you know, there's writing. I've, I have two articles that are currently out on Catholic Match Institute. There should be a couple more coming. And I have a link to another podcast on my website that I did last summer. And it's called the um, Live Not Lukewarm podcast. And then I'm going to be speaking at a conference this February on smartcatholics.com. It's called the Catholic Dating Conference. My talk's going to be that God wants to help you get married. You said from 28 to 78. I'm in between those two, significantly closer to 78 than I am to 28. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what do you? how do you talk to somebody my age or older, in, in mid-60s going older? How do you, how do, is there anything different that you say to us than you would say to someone who's 28? I would say the same thing. I think that, I I think it's like a two pronged approach. I think that you have to admit to God that you really want to get married and that, and I think a lot of times in general, people don't want to admit it because it's almost like too painful to put it out there to God. But I think that's where it begins, you know, like, because then that allows God, it, it opens up space in your life and in your heart for him to work. And then the second thing is, is to say to him, you know, God, I'll, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll change. I'll put myself out there. And and you changing and putting yourself out there might look different than me putting myself or changing, you know, and put, you know, because your life circumstances, everybody's life circumstances are different and everybody's issues mm-hmm. are different. And then let ask the Holy Spirit to like show you what you need to work on. I had a mother wound. Um, and and from that relationship with my mother, I I didn't believe I deserved anything good. I didn't believe that anybody could actually be in a relationship with me or that I could have a relationship. So I tended to attract men that wouldn't pursue the relationship. So as I worked on my like issues that came from my mother relationship and got better at believing that I deserved love and I deserved something good, I actually was better able to attracting a man who would sustain the relationship. So I think everybody, but somebody else's relation relationship issue might be completely different. So I think it's asking the Holy spirit to show you what it is that's in your own way. You said something, uh, I think off, off the audio, um, about uh, the person who has essentially given up. What can you say to that person? Is there, it's not, it's not like they, they happen to run into you. They, they say, Oh, and you they tell us about what you do and all of that. And the person says, Oh, you know, I'm too old. I've given up. And frankly, it's just no chance at this point. What do you right. say to that person? Well, I, I, and I think you're true. I think as time goes on, people, you know, fall into despair and they give up and, and I think it's, if you really want marriage, like God can, you know, resurrect that desire for you. And it's never too late. Like we look in the Bible at all the people that um, God did things for that were older. He, he gave a baby to Sarah and Abraham. He gave a baby to Hannah and that was Samuel. And he gave a baby to Elizabeth, which was St. John the Baptist. And then, you know, a lot of people aren't familiar with the book of Tobit, but I absolutely love the book of Tobit. 
And because um, it, it was about marriage and Sarah needed a husband it says that um, God says that, you know, he he said, sent forth Saint, the archangel sent Raphael to bring to heal Sarah by bringing her the marriage to bring by bringing her marriage. So marriage is actually a healing for somebody who needs a husband. Wow, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thought. Uh, yeah. So you really talk about giving hope. Uh, and it's interesting, you had said earlier, passion actually is rooted in the concept of suffering. And people don't realize that when they think passion, they think everything sort of, you know, oh, I passionately love my friend, my husband, my lover, whatever it is. And in that word is a huge series of challenges because it is really always going to be first about suffering. Then perhaps you also use the word resurrection, which, you know, we, we have the resurrection of Christ and our need to cooperate with him in order to reach eternity. But in a sense, we're doing that in a, in another way with regard to getting married is a, a level of cooperation with his will. If in fact, that is what is meant for us. Exactly. That, that's amazing. So what's next for you? What are you going to be doing next? What's what after we get off this uh, program here? What are you going to be doing? Well, I'm finishing up um, on my website. I have a tab. It's called freebies. And um, I, I have like a, a download people can sign up for. I and, signed up uh, just a little while oh, ago, just so you, you know. <laughs> oh, great, great. Well, I will, I will say I'm, 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 redesigning a new freebie so i will actually email you the new freebie as soon as i finish it it's i'm i'm so excited i you know i had done an event back in um august for catholic match it was called catholic match live and i i tried to ascertain more like what some of the issues were for singles that are out there and so i'm, I'm putting together um this document it's called the it's called Prolonged Singleness, your ABC guide to breaking free. And um, it's going to be about like a 10 page guide. So I think this will be a lot more informative for people. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I, I want to thank you. And I, I'm planning, I'm hoping that you will come again on once you've written whatever you write, your book, your or whatever it is. I'd wanna, I want to, I definitely think that this is something that is not only practically practical but religiously practical and secularly practical it's it it's all of the if it's all of the it checks all the boxes of practicality oh and, and it, thank and, you and, and yeah, so it's it's you know for people who are living in this very difficult world and so uh i i look forward to maybe talking to you again in the not so distant future oh no thank you i thank you so much for having me it was it was so much fun and it was an honor to be here you for listening to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me, which I hope you enjoyed. And if you're liking the show, as I always ask, when you go to podbean.com and go on to the site, you would follow me, hit me as a favorite. That will, as I always say, give me encouragement for the future. So we'll see you again next week.